Uh, yesterday was a big day. I tell you what, if you do not realize how big Warehouse 10 is until you walk inside of it and see it is huge. Uh, and you can just start visualizing what it would look like as the headquarters for American Magic by just standing there for a few minutes. Uh, it was a big signing day, and we've got Mayor D.C. Reeves on. Great day for the city, wasn't it, D.C.? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, I agree with you. Excuse me. The, uh, you know, we we look at that uh, Warehouse 10 on a piece of paper, 8 and a half by 11 right. a lot, and, um, you know, and a lot of drawings, and you don't, and you know, you talk about it uh, so often, and now you, uh, now going in there again. We've obviously been in there a few times, but yeah, you you always forget until you're back in there just how huge a facility this is going to be. Yeah, when you look at it driving by it, you know, you drive down uh, Bayfront Parkway and look over there, you see it, but you don't realize how big it is, and then you can imagine standing there in the building, and it doesn't have a roof right now, and and you look out, you can see where the dock is going to be. Where where you know where they're going to be building uh, their boats and where they're going to put them in the water, you can kind of visualize all that. Uh, it it yeah, really I, is neat. Absolutely, and and when I say that about like this, I mean it figuratively and, and a little bit literally. What I said yesterday about this being kind of a compass for for what's to come, because you know I I tell people all, all the time when they say, well, where's American Magic going? Maybe they haven't followed it. They um, you know, I tell them it's like, hey, it's that big warehouse you see when you're going over, the, coming over to Pensacola from the Three Mile Bridge. I mean, it's it's going to be uh, noticeable, <laughs> clearly, uh, not only in our city, but but as people uh, enter our city um, from from the east. So, uh, you know, it, it really could stand as that you know symbol of uh, of some growth uh, that that we're really really excited about. And again, uh, these you know growth is one thing. Uh, unique transformational growth like this of the potential that American Magic has is another. Well, it 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 does two things. It it for and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Is it, this is another project that was handed off from mayor to mayor to mayor to make happen. It starts with Ashton, then Grover, and then you. And each mayor took it to to as far as you could, and, and you've you've landed it. But there was a lot of work before that. But this is also the second industry that we're adding to our economy that weren't here, wasn't here before BP. ST is the other one, and and these this, the similarity on those two levels is huge. Yeah, absolutely, and and also you know, I think if you went and looked at other cities and you looked at uh, you know the initiatives of mayor, you know three mayors in a row, it, it doesn't always work that way. Uh, priorities could be different. Um, and, and look, and in some smaller levels, it probably did happen, you know, for right. one thing or another, you know, something maybe Mayor Hayward uh, prioritized higher than Grover or I prior to, prioritize higher or lower than Grover. Uh, you know, there's going to be those small things, but uh, but we're fortunate that I think all three of us, you know, in our different ways have also seen uh, the, the opportunity uh, with right. these major projects like this, that it's not just because – uh, it is, you know, ST of the three of us, I, I had the least to do with, um, you know, really Ashton got that started and, and Grover, you know, kept it going, probably had right, you know, we got hangar two. Now, as we move forward, that that, that uh, ratio will change. But right. uh, so far, you know, that's really been those guys. But, uh, but you know, we're not – I also see opportunity and understand it when I see it. And, and, and that means just because it wasn't my idea or it wasn't – I wasn't the uh, – 
the author of that, the architect of that, uh, we're, we, it's still my duty, my job to make sure that we uh, lift that up and make it uh, as valuable as possible to our community. So, um, so yeah, I think we should be proud of that as a city, uh, you know, that, we, that we're able to see these big opportunities and continue to seize them as we go through different administrations and, and different department directors and leadership. Right. And, and, you know, to add two new industries to our local economy here, uh, is uh, I think not many cities can can say that of our size uh, or MSA our size can say that they've done that uh, like mm-hmm. we have in the last you know in the last decade and so it's it's huge the uh, but what you know we look at what else is going on I saw that that you've got the letter of intent out for the Pensacola Motor Lodge uh, what are your hopes there. Yeah, so we've got letters of intent out for uh, the old Pensacola Sports Building uh, right. a couple weeks ago. We had that open for about 30 days. And then, yeah, Motor, uh, Motor Lodge went out uh, on Friday. So, um, you know, I, I'm really excited to see. You know, I remind everybody this is a new process for us, an unprecedented process for us to uh, to not put – to not make our RFPs or RFQs too rigid and what we think we exactly want and let, let's help the market and let's help the experts in the market – kind of influence the direction we may go uh, based on what the maximum value is. Um, you know, I, look, I, a market rate development, uh, affordable development, maritime park, doesn't matter what it is. I say I tell developers when they visit with us uh, the same thing. I say, listen, uh, you know, the, the largest revenue stream we have in our city is property tax. That's the largest contributor to the general fund. But I'm going to do the same math you do. You know, so you're going to work your math, and you're, you've got to make a project pencil, and people think that's a lot easier than it actually is. Uh, but on the flip side, I've got to be able to defend that this is a good investment for the city. Um, and um, so, you know, I, I get out the same calculator you do, and we're going to do the same math you do. So, um, you know, that that it's just having that understanding going into it um, that, uh, you know, we, we know that projects need to pencil. I don't care if it's Motor Lodge, if it's physical sports or something else. Uh, or we'll never have anything. But then on the flip side, you know, Dan, it's got to be protecting the taxpayer and making sure that the city and its citizens are getting its return on investment. So in the case of Motor Lodge, though, Rick, I mean, obviously that, that that's going to be less of an ROI thing. It's really more of what level of subsidy is it going to take uh, for us to get those units online? Uh, because we know we, we talk a lot about low barrier. I talk a lot about low barrier shelter. But a low barrier shelter will not be successful uh, without some kind of place to move those people. Right. And I know that that's what the county's working on. Um, you know, maybe you know, buying a, a hotel and looking at some of those other opportunities for for transitional housing. So in a perfect world, I would love for that to be uh, the outcome. But again, we're going to let a lot of people who have done this before. You know, be able to look at this project and say, "Hey, we're going to need to demo these," or, "Or yeah, sure, they could be used at this, but this is what the subsidy would be." Um, you know, so that's what I mean by letting the market dictate. You know, we're, I think after ten, fifteen, twenty uh, applications or letters of interest, if we were able, fortunate enough to get that many, we're going to get a real flavor of of really what this deal is going to look like. Even now, even if we don't pick one particular one at that point. Well, and, and, and you've said this before, and I think every time I talk to realtors and, and builders, is we need more – to get our get our housing more affordable, we need more product. We need more right. uh, out there at, at a, a, a lot of different price points. And even though that some of these projects are coming in at pretty high price points, some of the new apartments and, and, and condominiums that are being built, uh, that should open up uh, other housing – 
that will be it more affordable. That, I mean, that's the the, the dream. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, if I had one wish of information that, that if I could just magically convey to 55,000 people one piece of information in this in this city right now, it's it's a two or three minute education on just that fact that because there is such a us versus them mentality about housing, which is unfortunate because if we snapped our fingers and had 500 market rate units like you heard me talk about before, all that does is open up a bit additional opportunity for affordability for someone else. Uh, and, and so it, but we somehow fall into this trap of you're either doing one or the other. If, if you see, if it goes across ARB or city council that a market rate building's coming up, you can rest assured that everyone, you know, on social media or Facebook comments will say, well, you don't care about people who don't make, you know, less money. And, and it's that term I use with you all the time. Rub, you know, pat our head, rub our belly. We can do these both, we, and we have to. I mean, there, if if we just – I mean, imagine what a poor, irresponsible decision it would be if we said we are putting a uh, ban on market-rate housing at this point until we build more affordable housing. I mean, that would be such a poor strategic decision for the city. Um, and so there's all, there's a big disconnect with folks that don't follow that as closely that I wish I could convey. And it's just – it's hard to convey. You know, it, it takes a little bit of an explanation. But um, if people just – every time we've ever explained that, when I've been in a, a, a Rotary Club or, a, you know, when I've gotten a couple minutes to just to be able to explain that why we need both of these things, people tend to understand it. But I think folks who maybe not follow it as closely think, I see people, you know, building $800,000 houses or – $2 million condos, and then that must mean that you don't care about people who are, are in a more vulnerable state, and it's just not the case, you know. So it's, it's a tough thing, and that I think we are moving. I think we're in a better place on that topic than we were five years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, still there's a little bit of a delta between uh, the reality, and, and, and that's why. I think it's a perfect microcosm, Rick, of we've got Pensacola Sports going up, highest and best use. Give us give us the most tax revenue that you can give us at that phase. We're, and then we've got Motor Lodge, which we're not saying return on investment. We're saying how do we create opportunity for people uh, that are that are uh, that have lower incomes or in a more vulnerable state with them or their family. Um, so that, that's a it's a perfect microcosm of what I'm talking about. We're working on both of these things at the exact same time. You know, the other project that that y'all are looking at is getting a grant to look at Cervantes Avenue again to see if there's a way. Uh, Something different than what than the fencing that we have in the median now. Tell us, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so so we we went and asked for a letter of support from the council uh, to go back, and there's some additional raise. It's an acronym, uh, but raise funding through USDOT. Um, and uh, people may see the map, but actually it came up in council. It's a good question. Of like, hey, it's kind of intermittent. It's not all Cervantes going all the way up and around Scenic Highway. Why not? Well, a lot of the funding is based around census tracts and, and um, you know, again, making sure that there's, it's supportive within uh, lower income um, groups. So the uh, so it, it's a, some addition to that. I've gotten two questions around that. Number one, does it impact the fencing and all of that that happened? Uh, at this point, no. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be that. Um, and then the second question I've gotten about it is, does that mean that we're going to put fencing on from 17th Avenue to the bayou and all that? That's also no. <laughs> uh, what we're looking at is how do we get pedestrian and bicyclist improvements along Cervantes? So uh, we don't really know exactly how it looks yet. It's not designed. You know, it's not, none of that. But all that's come to council is, hey, we're going to apply for this grant. Our grant application is that much stronger if 
we show the USDOT that we have the council support. So, uh, so we've got that letter from them. We'll we'll send it in and uh, and we'll see what happens. So, um, so it is a little confusing because there's been that work done on Cervantes, and then people see this grant coming in. Uh, I don't. There's still a lot to work through uh, between right. what what would actually happen. But we want to get the money uh, to make sure that we can make some of this. Well, and, and people need to remember. And and I was a big advocate early on that something needed to happen on Cervantes because we yes. were having. Uh, a lot of bicyclists and pedestrians were getting hit. Some were killed. We, we had, you know, we we saw that happen. Uh, it it uh, the um, and it, it, that neighborhood was was having a difficult time with it. And I know there there've been people that have been upset because of the way the 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 the, the fencing has been done and yep. where the the because some properties you have to work a little bit harder to get into, uh, but in the end. You know, we haven't seen the fatalities that we've seen before, and we were seeing those on a regular basis uh, yep. for a while. And it was our yeah. most dangerous stretch of road. And, and listen, I, I think what people need to understand, it's almost like the last topic I just opined about. I, I, you know, understand when we when we are asking for cars to be on a divided highway and moved at that rate of speed, then this is this is what the end product is. I mean, so you have to understand, this is the canvas that was handed down many decades ago when we made Cervantes Street a raceway, right? right? At right. whatever point that was decided and pre-interstate uh, or, or as it continued to grow. And look at what Fort Walton's doing. Fort Walton's literally moving, which I think is a great idea. They're moving now that so they can have a real downtown. They're actually sending the, the highway around a downtown so they can start to have some sense of place. And so, you know, I agree with you. I, I can see how it's frustrating for some people, the fencing and all of that. Uh, but I don't usually jump in on the, the heavy criticism parade there only because, uh, you know, it, it's the cards that were dealt. I, I, right. I, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't do. You can't just put uh, bridges over that. You can't put tunnels under it. You, there, there's a lot of things that you just can't do. Um, and so it's just an unfortunate situation. And I think it, but it does illustrate, you know, the need for uh, being mindful about how you design new roads and how we move people around our city. And that's what we're trying to do with some of those sun trail things and uh, some of those other. All right. Well, Mayor, I appreciate it. I'll see you in two hours at the press conference. I'll have a whole new set of questions for you. Perfect. (laughs) We're ready for you. All right. right. Take care. We'll go ahead and break for national news. We'll be right back. 